Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey guys, I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Penn Holderness. Welcome to podcast number whatever in the space attic of our house yes so wherever we are as you can tell we're growing a little weary yeah. of being in our home <laughs> we used to like our podcast we used to go out and be with max and we were downtown and we'd get a latte and a poke bowl afterwards <laughs> and now we're in our pajamas and we're trying to speak softly so our kids can't hear us. So just so you know, today we are talking. Wow. And first of all, I'm going to use some words. This is some really Real strong. High level. Our managers tell us that the first minute is really important for it's anything that you do. So this is, this is going to get. We are nailing no it. Views the, no views. No. Actually, it's going to get zero views because it's true. a podcast. Um, but this is. We have already recorded it. So I'm just going to tell you about it. If you are a parent. <laughs> that is concerned about the amount of time your kids are on screens right now, you got to listen to this one. And if you're a kid who's concerned about the amount of time that your, your parents, parents are spending on a screen and then immediately tell you to get off your screens, also some good advice. Yes. We reached out to our good friend, Dr. Emily King, to talk about just the, the general weariness we're all feeling. And listen, our our kids are in a little bit of a funk. The isolation, even though we can safely be around some fa- friends, we're still social distancing. There's no camps. There's no this. There, like the, the mourning, the loss of all of the things and then the kind of the funk that puts them in. So we had a really cool conversation and I, I we just recorded it and I feel better after hearing her and, and her, her tips. So it's, it, it's going to help, guys. Her biggest thing is you say what's going on and maybe you haven't said it out loud yet or even heard it and she's like oh yeah that's happening everywhere yeah and that feels kind of good validating right yeah so let me tell you about dr emily king wow words dr emily king (laughs) is a licensed (laughs) therapist she's a licensed (laughs) psychologist (laughs) 
and health services provider in private practice in Raleigh. She specializes in working with children and adolescents with anxiety, ADHD, and autism spectrum disorders. Dr. King received her PhD in in school (laughs) psychology from the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Um, And then she completed training in the Cypress Fairbanks Independent School District in Houston, Texas. And she really, I think her gifts, she works with kids, but also with parents, which is a huge, I mean, and by parents, like she kind of coaches parents as well um dr king also writes parenting on your own path blog and she's going to be launching an online course for parents in july and she talks about that at the end of the podcast it's super awesome you got to be tuning in for that she's been quoted in the washington post parents.com motherly.com the mighty um all sorts of she's all over the place but i have to read a disclaimer she told me i have to read this oh good do you want me to do it i can yeah i can try to read it like my um yeah, it says disclaimer there. there. We go. Disclaimer. Okay. Information provided by Dr. King is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended by diagnostic or... Let me start over. <laughs> information provided by Dr. King is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to diagnose or treat any mental health condition or provide psychological services directly to clients. Listeners are encouraged to seek the advice of a qualified mental health professional with any questions or concerns. Yeah, so basically she's not your doctor. That's, yeah. That's so, correct. Yeah, okay. And here we go. Welcome Dr. Emily King. Thanks Thank for, co- for having me again. Again, I just, you are our expert on call. So when we have questions and need help, it's really just selfish and uh, we just call you. So thank well, you I'm for here. answering the call. Yeah. Um, so, so what are, first, before we get into our own selfish stuff, like what are the stuff that you're working with your kids right now? Not your kids, but your, your, your clients. Um, what are the kind of themes you're seeing right now? Right. So I am seeing um, things are different depending on kids' ages and stages of what they were expecting to happen in 2020. Mm -hmm. So little kids, um, they're doing all right. Their parents are very stressed. Um, You know, we're not getting enough physical activity. There's a lot of screen time happening, which at the beginning was really necessary for parents to figure out their work situations. And now that we're settling into, oh, we're going to be doing this probably a little longer than we thought, trying to figure out some sort of healthy system with that. As kids are getting older, I'm seeing late elementary, middle school, just the academic changes that have come with this and parents concerned about skills, socialization, that sometimes is depending on the kid, you know, some kids are independent learners and they've been able to jump into the remote learning thing fine. Um, and they're able to talk with kid, their friends I already had and other kids over different mediums and still play video games or things like that. But the, the actual running around and group socialization is not there right now. And it's starting to take a toll, I think on, sometimes on kids' moods and loneliness. And so that's something we can continue talking about. And then in the teenage years, kids are are really grieving the loss of things. And grief is not just for when someone passes away. You know, grief is the loss of any kind of connection we had. And we have to remember, this is the biggest thing a lot of our tweens and teens have ever experienced. And if they haven't lost someone or haven't had you know, a big feeling of, of grief before we need to name that for them. You know, that this feeling of not having those activities, all the summer things, most of the summer things being canceled 
there's lots of sadness around kids who were looking forward to camp and looking forward to activities that are sp summer specific and thinking, remember when you were a kid and like next summer felt so far away yeah. and thinking like, I can't do this again for another year. I mean, that is a huge feeling. So helping our teens understand that it's okay to feel that way and it's a loss and um, it's okay to grieve it and be mad at it and and talk it through and then get to the other side of, okay, how are we going to make do with this situation? Okay. We have a um, lot, we have a lot to unpack here. That, I know, that, that but was, I'm seeing those differences kind of across the age span just yeah. because everybody's, it, this is all hitting everybody in a different way. Yes. Yeah. So everyone's shaking or nodding their heads in agreement and everyone has picked something out that Emily has said that is particularly affecting them because everyone is getting affected by this. Mm -hmm. Right. I, so I want, like, I want to talk about skills. I want to talk about socialization. I want to talk about grieving. Let's start, if you can, with the first thing that you mentioned, which was a screen zombie, right? <laughs> because, um, because everyone's got it, and we had to, and a lot of people had to, by necessity, say we are going to relax our screen rules here because there's nothing else that we can do. Is there a term for what we've done to our kids <laughs> or something that we can call it? From a, from a license? Well, I mean, yeah. screen addiction is a thing. Okay. And right. I think that um, that's what parents are fearful of right now. You know, is my child getting addicted to screens? Are they going to screens to feel better when they're emotionally stressed? You know, addiction, when we think about addiction, we um, want to think about it in terms of kind of a loss of connection with things, a negative feeling we're wanting to avoid. So then we go... And we, you know, participate in these things that make us feel better immediately, but then long-term are more harmful for us. So are our kids getting into those patterns of screen addiction? I think that that some might or are, some probably are doing that. So we, you know, when I, I pulled my friends quickly this morning, I was like, I'm talking to Kim and Penn. What are your concerns? Screens, you know, yeah. so, um, and this is happening at my house too. I have two boys, six and 12. And I mean, they got so bored with mario yesterday that they decided how can you get bored put, with mario oh they decided to put a face mask over their eyes to see if they could pass it blindfolded like that's how they were gonna step it up enough wow and and for and i know so here's here's where um so there was this guy on facebook like a high school friend of mine who who does not have kids and he shared uh, you know, instead of letting your kids turn to screen zombies, why don't you teach them something? Why don't you teach them skills? Why don't you teach them this and let them be bored and ride their bikes? For the record, we do let them, we, we are letting them be bored. We're shoving them out the door and to, to ride bikes. We're doing all of those things. But a 10-year-old and a 13-year-old, it's not like they're playing together great for hours and hours. It's been raining here for two weeks yes, straight. Has. So, like, there's not that. And also, dude, we have jobs. So, I was like, hey, cool. I love that you think that I can sit there and teach my kid how to change oil. And, and inside, but, you were like, hippie. I know, but but <laughs> I, I'm like, hey, I don't know how to change oil. But B, like, we have to get stuff done. So, right. I have just decided that I'm going to, like every day, we're just going to do the very best we can. And yeah. if it turns out that, you know, maybe our kids are going to turn into computer programmers out of this. I don't know. I'm trying to see the bright side. I'm super trying to see the bright side about all this. Yeah. Well, and here's what I'll say about that. I think 
the beginning of this phase, we had to, you know, back in March, we were all shifting the way we worked mm-hmm. and trying to figure out how to teach our kids and get them through the rest of the school year. Here we are about two weeks into summer and things have dropped off in terms of they have nothing to do now. No school. They're not even doing school now. Yeah. So and we are hit being hit with this like feeling of, oh, what now? What are we going to do now? And how long are we going to be doing this? So, you know, when we talked a few months ago, we I was talking about thinking about screens differently. And I think we need to think about it differently. You know, I've actually been joining my kids a lot more playing video games than I ever would have before, just because I want to talk about it with them. I yeah. want to, you know, interact. And um, if that's going to be like, and this has mainly come up recently because of all the rain, but if that is going to be a moment where I can connect and interact and laugh with my kid, that's, that's okay. That's a good way to use screens. Um, you know, there are creative ways to use screens in like Minecraft and Mario Maker and different ways that kids are um, designing these video games. That's a different, it's using a different part of their brain than just mindlessly, you know, playing it over and over again. There's a social way to use screens. So getting kids on FaceTime play dates where um, they can join each other in a video game together and they're playing together and talking through Zoom or talking on FaceTime. There are social ways to go about this that are healthy and that are keeping our kids' connection up. It's the amount of time and it's the, I want to do this because I feel uncomfortable thing that parents are worried about. And we should be. That's what we need to keep an eye on is, is my kid always going to this to feel better when they're lonely or to feel better when they're sad? Or are they getting up in the morning and they're like, oh, I'm looking forward to FaceTiming so-and-so and and we're going to play Mario Maker together. You can tell that Mario is a thing in my house. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It's evolved too. I've never heard of Mario Maker. It is like way. But but I love the like the make sure they're FaceTiming with a friend while they're playing it or something like that to make it social. Right. But so here's here's my question, Emily. So here, here are the two things I get the most worried about when it comes to screens. One is when you walk into a room and their face is literally a millimeter away from the screen. Like they have gotten sucked into it like the little girl from Poltergeist. <laughs> and and the other concern is when you notice that like your kid is hiding the fact that they're on screens. Those are yeah. the two things that I'm starting to get worried about. We have started. So by the way, I said this morning, I'm like, hey, buddy, will you teach me? He is He's into Roblox and he can design. Mm-hmm. Like he took a little online course about how to like design the stuff. Um and so I felt like a little better about that. But I said, would you teach me how to play? And he's like, oh, my!" he was so excited yeah. to teach me how to play. So we're yeah. going to do that later. Um, so just be watching out because I'm going to rule the world on that. But he, we have started taking the iPad and game controllers and stuff into our room at night because I discovered he was waking up early so right. that he could. Yeah. We had this chart, which is it lasted one whole day of how to earn screen time. Like you get a base hour, right? And then it was run a mile, it was do chores, it was walk the dog, all these things that he came up with. And it's mostly our 10-year-old at this point with the screen thing. And it was this chart and we consulted it for one whole day. And then now I haven't even know where it is, but he was earning, he was doing the stuff to earn it. And then I realized he was just, now he's just like waking up super early before we're awake to kind of like, get two hours of screen time anyway. Yeah, um, so we have to just redefine 
what these different types of screen time are. Mm-hmm. You know, there's social time screen time where we're FaceTiming and gaming with someone. There's right. teaching, you know, your sibling or your parent how to do a certain thing. There's creative mode on some of these games where they come up with ideas. There are there are ways to make sure that part of the screen use is a part of their day. And then I think teaching our kids the difference, you know, because we as parents, screen time is like a trigger word for us. Right. And I want all of us to remember, it's not all bad. You know, our kids are going to be using technology their entire lives and we owe it to them to teach them the differences between good use of it and negative, this is not going to make me feel good if I stare at this thing all day use of it. And so helping them understand how it affects their mood when you walk in and your kid's got their face in it and they're not even paying attention to you. This is what I always recommend. Go sit next to them because they are they are in a mental zone, totally paying attention, hyper-focused to that thing. And when you sit next to them, they're getting that proximity of like, oh, someone's here with me, as opposed to if we just say their name over and over. How many times have we oh my gosh. said that and they, they don't hear us until our voice gets louder and louder? <laughs> but if you just go sit next to them and be like, hey, buddy, show me what you're doing. That's good advice. It's a, it's a little magical because they, they actually feel your body sitting down and it changes. They're like, oh, someone's here with me. And then they start showing you and you gently bring them into the connection. And then it's a, it's a great way to transition kids who get really stuck on screens to transition them off of screens just to form that connection and then shift after that yeah but emily it's yeah it's a lot easier just to shout from across the room (laughs) stop it but But is it working for you no no No, it's not not working at all so but also it puts them he was so excited (laughs) that he was going to get to teach me something because i feel like i do most of my work as a parent i find myself doing a lot of lecturing and so he would be in that sort of power position and he was so excited about that by the way i have zero interest in roblox but i am excited to spend time with my with my boy so and i try to play basketball with him and i super suck at it so and again there's like two solid weeks of rain where we live so the the screen time is 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 a thing well this is this is helpful this is this has been helpful and makes me feel a little less guilty yeah and to answer pen's other question about the the hiding of things that is um just a red flag for anything you know hiding Mm -hmm. candy hiding you know anything they know there's a rule about they're wanting more of it than they're allowed and so they're um strategically coming up with a way to get it without you knowing so first of all this is indicative of some good problem solving skills like they've actually come up with a plan to hide it from you (laughs) i love Um, how you're reframing all this yeah um the (laughs) other part of this is to you know, sit down with them and talk with them about, hey, I'm noticing that you are really wanting this when it's not allowed. Let's talk about why you want it, how you feel when you want it, and let's come up with a plan to make sure you're, you know, getting what you want to have fun, but also taking care of your body, getting enough sleep. Some kids aren't aware that getting up in the morning is going to make them feel really tired in the afternoon. And how do they feel when they feel really tired in the afternoon? Just letting them know all of the ripple effects of waking up early to do things that are not necessarily going to make them feel physically good later on. By the way, all of your screen time advice, we're talking about kids, is applicable it's yeah. for all of us. For, for all it's of us. We were, for I was about to us. say the same thing. Like it's, there's some guilt. Oh my gosh, because it's, it's almost like we're at the same brain, yeah, let's, honey. We can it's finish like each other's sandwiches. Wait, hang on. Here, this is going to be fun. Kim and I are going to make our point at the same exact time, both talking in three, two, one. So I've got this guilt because, <laughs> hey, come on, let's, this will be fun. No, I, I, no. 
I love you. We spend a lot of time together. So you've got this. Yeah, we've got this guilt um, about, about the uh, no about I, the, I like I'm telling people screen. not to use screens and then I'm on a screen all day. Right, like they look over at me and they see me on the screen all and day so, long, and then I tell them to get off the screen, and I wonder if they think that we're hypocrites. Oh, they hundred percent think we're well, hypocrites. Well, and that's the other reason we've really got to teach them all the different types of screens. You know, we we are currently using screens to, to work. work. Right. We are using screens to socialize. We are using screens to make a doctor's appointment, you know, and I think it's important when and it's hard when all of this is like on our phone or on our tablet or on our laptop. I think it's helpful to say, you know, hey, guys, I need to finish writing this email. Maybe you're got your thumbs going on your phone, but it's a work email so that they know what you're doing so that they understand all the different uses for technology and they see that, okay, right, especially right now, it's really shining a light on all the things we're still able to do with technology, which has been so helpful. But we need to let them know what we're doing at all these different times so that we can model for them. I'm not just scrolling Instagram right now. Because there I have caught myself... I'm very easily distracted with the technology and we are able to do so much work from our phones. And because our kids are now always around, I'll start doing something and then I'll get a ding and then I'll go over here and then I'll go over here. And then it takes me an hour to get back to that original email I was supposed to do. So, um, and then Lola has pointed out, she's like, mom, you're always in your phone. I'm like, I'm working, but she knows that like I'm sitting there scrolling. (laughs) So I wonder if Emily, I know she doesn't do adults, but how do you talk to your spouse? Or, or, or the parents of your kiddos. Or, yeah. Or, how, yeah. Do you, how do you, in an encouraging way, like you're very good about this, you tell our kids that they have a good addiction because they're problem solving. So <laughs> can you find like a positive way for Kim and I to communicate with each other? I know you don't do adults, but I'm gonna make you do it. If we notice that we're like the other one is not being present and we want to help them. Right. I think it's helpful to have just kind of blackout zones of the day. No screens at the dinner table. You know, we have a rule in my family of no screens when you're at the table with someone. So I don't know about you, but our family is now eating lunch together. Yeah. (laughs) We haven't eaten lunch together um, (laughs) because we're home. We're just home. And so it used to just be dinner, but now it's multiple meals. But, you know, if we're sitting there at the table by ourselves drinking our coffee, we'll read the news on our phone. But if we're at the table with another family member, we have a rule that there, there are no screens at the table. We're talking to each other. Um, and then you can remind if someone's breaking that rule, even, you know, partner to partner, you can say, uh, hey, let's screens out of here, you know, just as a reminder. But you've got to be on the same page and not be defensive about it. Just remember I, I got to put this down. This is family time. And I think the same goes for, you know, some families set this up as routines, not just dinner time, but they'll say, you know, no screens during, even for grownups during like the bedtime routine, like basically after dinner until kids are in bed and then adults look at their phones after kids are in bed. But that whole routine of after dinner, bath time, shower time, story time, getting in PJs, all of that, that's a time we don't need to be working on our phone or scrolling Instagram. So that would be, that's a great chunk to go of time to go ahead and plan to have kind of a blackout zone for screens adults too, so that we are ending the day the same way, not distracted. You know, this is hard for me and my family too. Yeah. It's it's just, it's always, especially in this time and we're having to be really specific with our boundaries with whoever we're talking to on our device, because there's no, 
at the office and home from the office. Right. It's just everyone's available all the time. I, I feel that. And I do know it's so funny because you know how like you know what's good for you. I know checking my phone first thing in the morning is not good for me. I know that my blood. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Pressure. <laughs> like, I can feel I read Twitter and I'm like, oh! And so I actually took Twitter off my phone for about a year and I just put it back on just because I felt like there was a lot happening mm-hmm. and I needed to stay up. And then it's bad for me. Yeah. Twitter v bad. So I'm not, we're not active posters there, but just, I, yeah. it's like a news gathering source. But I know it's bad for yeah. me, but I want to stay. I they should like I rename worst- Twitter because it kind of sounds like it. They should just call it Trigger. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the new no, name of Twitter. No, that's pl- a great story to share with your kids. Yeah. So explaining to them, I noticed that when I scrolled through Twitter, this is how I felt. And Twitter is super fast moving. Yeah. And some people love that. And some people, it triggers them. Like they, they feel like they can't keep up and they feel like it's too much information. And so noticing that you felt that way. And so you did something about it by taking it off your phone for but a year. I, you can, I put you it can back explain. <laughs> and then you put it back on. And then I put it back on because I was like, I, I, ha- I can't turn away from this. Like, I need to be knowing everything. I need to know it all because I alone can change and fix the world. Yeah. So I, all that advice is good. And I also know that my days are so much. The days where I'm super busy, I'm what, I, and I, I'm not on my phone as much. I are, I'm infinitely happier. I want to move. On. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, yes. No, no, don't apologize. This, I think, this was the most important part of the conversation. Yeah, but I do, I do want to talk about sadness and disappointment in yeah. our kids and yeah. how because we've been. Let me tell you some of the things we've tried, Emily, and then you can tell us what we're doing wrong because that's why we're we've got you on the show. <laughs> we started out with a lot of, you know, you should feel lucky. Look at look at how everyone else is doing. Like look at the fact, you know, Lola, you play tennis and that's like one of the only safe sports that back that are back you should be so 
lucky and happy that you're doing this. You know what? We, your mom and I, we have jobs and our jobs are actually doing okay during this podcast. We're going to be fine. Our business is going to be fine. The weather has been amazing. You should really feel good about that. Then we moved on. This was uh, largely Kim's advice to a little bit more empathy. Like, yeah, I know this sucks. And, but now we're in this season where not only are they saying it, but we can see it in their faces and in their bodies. Like they're in a funk. They are in a funk. And I don't want to say the D word, but I think probably every kid in the planet is. I was like, what's the D word? Divorce? No. Oh my God. (laughs) I was like, what's the D word? Oh, they're probably, and I don't want to name it for them, but I think my kids both have this kind of cloud that I, because I, I've I've been in counseling for depression. I've been on medication for depression. I know the, that they're physical. You're tired. You're sore. You're hungry. You're not hungry. You're like I know all those things, and so I'm seeing that in my kids. And I bet you Emily's seeing it too. Yeah, not not with your kids, but maybe with the people that you're you're speaking to. Yeah, and I think that um, you know de- depression is a clinical term that right. we we don't use until people are going to check in all those boxes on the, the diagnostic list and it's gone on for a certain amount of time. Um, so I've been calling it a funk. Yeah. We are all feeling pretty weary. Yeah. And as adults, I know I'm feeling weary. You know, I'm, I'm getting on telehealth calls with families and kind of joking, are, are we still doing this? Like <laughs> <laughs> we're still meeting this way. And I think we will be for a little while and we've got to really pay attention first to what we need as adults to help us feel better in our mental health. And I was just talking to a colleague yesterday about, I think our goals right now are to maintain stable mental health, not necessarily to grow mm-hmm. or to make progress on whatever we thought we were going to do in 2020. So I want to back up a little bit and answer Penn's question. Okay. So the first phase of sounds like what you were doing is you were, you were shooting all over your kids. <laughs> I should I all over everybody. With his, which is something that I think Brene Brown talks about. Don't should. Don't you know, I think she mainly talks about it, about you doing it to yourself. Like don't yeah. should on yourself. And by the um, way, that is a word that I removed early in our marriage. Yeah. Like early. I mean, I love, and we call her St. Brene. I love Brene Brown. But early in our marriage, I was like, never say the word should. Because he, yeah. he, he was, he because he wanted me to enjoy things. You should try this. You should try that. I'm like, uh-huh. no. I shouldn't. Anyway, so go. Well, and here's the problem with the word should, especially when we're saying it to someone else. You and I and any of us will never be able to feel exactly how something feels to someone else. Mm -hmm. So the second that we try to say should, we're invalidating them. You know, if we were in that same situation, maybe we would try that thing but we are not that person with that complex, you know, constellation of feelings and thoughts and, and um, all the things that are coming together that make us miss what is happening in this situation. So anyone who's still saying we should do this or we should do that, I would just encourage to, to drop that word from your vocabulary only because it, it can feel invalidating to kids. And one example is, we're trying to make them see the bright side. Like when we say like, you should be happy or grateful that X, Y, Z happens just because, you know, their sport is continuing like tennis maybe, or something like that 
doesn't mean they're not sad about the other stuff. Right. Right. They've mm-hmm. still lost the other stuff. Yeah. So it invalidates how they're feeling about the other stuff when we point out the feeling of, you know, that we should be grateful for X, Y, and Z. With us, we so, have this, yeah, we have this cycle, Emily. We It starts with, oh, she's, they're really sad. We need to give them some space. We need to have empathy. And this really sucks. And I'm really sorry, guys. And then it seems like they kind of take that and use it to do nothing. And then we come back with, you guys should really be happy about this. And then we or, realize, no, oh, wait, they're like, really, get, yeah. Right. And they like get off your butts. So there's this like cycle, right, Kim? Yeah. I'm like, right, get off your butts, get outside in a kind way. We're nicer than that. Are we? Exercise <laughs> is important, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then they're in and I'm like, oh, I know, honey. It's so hard. It's so hard. And then it's, yeah. It's I a agree. cycle. It's like a little cycle that we've created here. Yeah. And, but I think, you know, empathize and validate what they're going through is the first step is very important because just taking like the graduations or the end of year events that were canceled. Let's say that I'm talking to a, you know, a graduating senior who um, has, has everything has been canceled, Mm -hmm. you know, everything has been canceled. And I'm saying, well, you know, you should be grateful for, for this and for that. That person's probably looking at me like, but you had your graduation, right? You know, your graduation wasn't taken away from you. You will always have that memory, which is true. Mm -hmm. I can't ever really know what that feels like. All I can do is empathize with that and say, yes, this is so hard. Let's focus on how we're going to get through and make do that term make do is a famous in my family from my grandmother who grew up in the depression. Um, and you know, that's what we're having to do right now is make do with the, the activities we have, the, you know, the spaces we have, the jobs we have to figure out how we're going to maintain this. And so how do um, we support yeah. our kids that are, I like the term weary, because I, I, I'm not going to put like depressed on our kids right now, but they are, they are, our They're kids weary. are weary and I'm imagining other kids are. And to the point where there are, so we're in phase two where we live, which means like you can have gatherings of 10 or I don't even know what it is, but you can see people, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and just be to be safe about it. We have been very cautious, but even to Lola, like invite some, you know, invite a friend over in the backyard. We have this movie set up invite, and she doesn't really want to. Yeah. Like jumpstarting their social life and has become a thing, Emily, because they're, she's they're, a little yeah, freaked out. Both, I mean, yeah. 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 And I think that a lot of, a lot of them are in this teens are in this place stuck between I want to socialize, but I'm almost scared to, cause I don't know all the, you know, ripple effects of if I got together with someone. So we're all feeling stuck between those two decisions. And these decisions are really hard, even for us adults to decide, do we get together with this family or not? And once we do, are they, are we trusting that they're also distancing? I had a good friend who described it like growing up has just been put on hold because so Mm. much of growing up is the milestones of, you know, even kids that, you know, aren't graduation age, but in the middle of high school, getting your license, starting to date, having your first summer job, all of those things are paused. And that is going to make kids bummed. Like we are bummed and weary about whatever we were planning to do this summer. And so we've got to focus on, first of all, noticing that Mm -hmm. and noticing, um, if kids are in their room all day, which is happening a good bit more because kids are sick of their families and it's okay to get some distance, but what are they doing in their rooms? You know, 
Are they FaceTiming all day with friends and they're not lonely? They're just like in there socializing, trying to get away from their family. That's okay. That's just mm -hmm. a different version of being a teenager right now. Are they sleeping all day in the dark? That's not okay. You know, right. so thinking about the same red flags we would for sadness and depression as before, it's just looking a little different in terms of um, what, how kids are actually showing these things because the, what we would look for before, which was loss of interest in things, not getting together with friends. Well, they can't get together with friends yeah. and, and the things that they're interested in may not be available. So we really need to be intentional about asking them questions and things like, are you feeling lonely? Um, or are you feeling like you are connect, you know, connected enough to at least one friend? And then are you feeling more tired than you usually are? I mean, I think we're all feeling more tired yeah. than we usually are. But just talking about then whatever they're identifying as the negatives. Okay, what can we do within this, you know, realm that we have of getting outside for sunshine, you know, doing one thing every day that we love, whether it's music or socializing virtually or somehow playing um, tennis or walking or running or biking, things that are allowed right now, cooking, you know, what are the things that light them up and doing one of those every day yeah. is going to be helpful. I like that. I have a theory, and this is just based on experiences. I'm not licensed um, at all. Just no. in case you guys were listening and you thought that Penn had an advanced degree and a PhD, he is not the one with the PhD. I'm just throwing it out it's there. It's going to shock a lot of people, but let's just, let's let that wash over you for a second. Um, so I, no, I have a theory that for people who are introverted and I have two of them in my family and neither of them are like super introverted. They're just, I turn them into introverts because I'm so outgoing. It's my fault. No, it is not. I've been an introvert my whole life. Yeah. Don't, uh, don't take that but, from me. But for people who are introverted, I think this restart is a real challenge. And here's why. It, it doesn't feel like a natural interaction. It feels like an awkward, almost forced interaction to get back with people. There are all these rules that you can't do. You can't touch them. There are things that you cannot do. You, you, you're limited to keep your space away from people and extroverted people just naturally navigate through those things and people who get their energy from within and have like a tougher time, like just going out and making friends. I think it's even tougher the way things are now. Am I wrong? Kim, like we'll let Kim start with this. Yeah. I think my, so here's what I'm feeling personally and perhaps what my children are feeling is I, I, even as an introvert, this was this was slash is very hard. Yes, because as much as I don't necessarily need to be around a ton of people, going to the gym and just being next to somebody like I wasn't alone, but I wasn't necessarily interacting like that that kind of people interaction stuff. Like I missed. The, we've lost the feeling of community. Exactly. So I need community. So and our kids need it. But now that I've lived so long without it, it seems overwhelming to go out so we were supposed to we were going to do a backyard get together with some new friends we we're going to have them in our backyard and just you know do the whole social distance because we're allowed to do that we're going to do that but the weather's terrible so we had we're canceling it this weekend because we just don't want to have people in our house um but even the thought of doing that which i'm excited to get together with these people but the thought of doing that is like that seems overwhelming. Like if I, it, whereas before I could run 12 errands in one day, if I have to go 
to the grocery store to, and I'm putting on a mask, like that is that zaps me for the entire day. So I think it's so daunting to jump back in that they're like, I don't even want to try. I'm good here. I'm good here. I got my Netflix. I got my, you know, Roblox and I'm good here because it's just so daunting to jump back in. Does that make any well, sense? Well, what you're describing just kind of sounds like you're out of practice being out in the world, yes. right? And extroverts are just so used to it. It's no big deal. You're like, okay, so tell me how to be out in the world. Now just adapt yeah. and be that way. You know, introverts and a lot of kids who are home right now, and this this is a silver lining to all of this. The first few months, I've got lots of clients who were doing better. They're not stressed by school. They're not stressed by the sensory and anxiety overwhelm of the world. Mm -hmm. And it's more self-directed. They're making more decisions about what they want to spend time with and what they want to do. And I kind of hope out of this comes more speaking up about what we need, you know, how we want to work, how we want to socialize and not just going with what society expects because we live in a very extroverted capitalistic yeah the world celebrates extroverts yeah society right and i think that after this i just hope that working from home is not such a you know odd thing or homeschooling is is not such a a different thing anymore um Mm -hmm. it's more people are doing it just because it works better for their kid we're definitely finding out with remote learning that some kids do well with it. Some kids absolutely need to be in person with someone to learn. And some kids are flexible enough to do kind of a combo of that. And it's no surprise to me that, oh, wow, you mean kids learn in different ways? Of course they do. <laughs> what? Because they're all different. And that we have this like very traditional education system in our country where everyone's in a classroom with this many kids, yeah. with this teacher up at the front. And we know that that's not best for every kid. But so this is really shining a light on all those differences we need to be happy. And I I often have asked this question of of kids that I'm working with. Now that everything has been pulled pulled away from you, what do you miss? Because whatever you are missing is what you really loved in the first place. And for our, kids, it, for our kids, it was the friendships. It was the, yeah. it was the interaction. And, and Emily, every time we have you on, you have really good insight on the way that we teach our kids. And I think that I think you need to be secretary of like education. And because I love your ideas. Every time you say something, I'm, I'm nodding my head about this. I don't know if there's an easy way to fix all of it, but no. And I think it's and what she said before is like every kid is going through and feeling something different. Even our two kids are handling this in a very different way. But I right. like that question. And maybe that's a yeah, dinner what do you question. miss the most? Yeah, maybe that's a dinner question tonight. And I think I think I know what it is, which is like and there's they are already mourning which is doing no good, but just like what school it's going to look like in the fall because our school is planning on going back, but there's going to be a lot of changes and, you know, no lunchroom, no No lockers, no lockers. They they both play basketball and And that's not a great COVID sport. (laughs) That is like the worst COVID sport. Anyway. um, So, so Emily, tell us about your online course that's launching in July. Yeah. So um, everything shifted, obviously, with COVID. And I've been working um, in my psychology practice all through telehealth around my husband's schedule, which has reduced the time I'm available to see clients. Um, And so as I'm home, having all these ideas, wanting to share more things with the world beyond my practice, I had the idea to organize my thoughts into a course um, for parents. So in July, I'm launching 
a course that is inspired by my blog. So it's called Parenting on Your Own Path, The Roadmap. And so it's for parents who are going through the process even before this um, of having their child diagnosed with anything, could be anything, just something that's not typical development and feeling really overwhelmed by that and wanting to learn how to shift their um, mindset and parenting this child that they have, which is possibly quite different than how they were parented and understanding how learning and emotions and behavioral expectations are all connected within that and, and building a team of support and a support system for their themselves, their family, their kid. That is the hope. So I'm hoping that the self-study course over six weeks, and I'm, I'm just hoping that it takes parents from feeling overwhelmed to just really capable and handling raising this child that they have. I love that. So where will where will folks find that? Should they follow you on social to follow along? Follow me on social to find it. So I'm actually going to be setting up a website that's all on its own, separate from my practice website, which is dremilyking.com. It will be parentingonyourpath.com, but it is not quite up yet. But follow me on Facebook, Instagram, mostly. I'm on the Twitter, but it triggers me as well. So I'm not there a whole lot. We're renaming um, it Trigger. Trigger. Yeah. yeah. So I also have my YouTube channel, Dr. Emily TV, which I launched during quarantine. There are about nine videos on there, some to kids and some to parents. I just missed my clients so much. I started talking to the camera, <laughs> put it up on YouTube. You know what? Speaking of missing so, clients, I, I'm looking forward to when we can be in the same room together because if you, if you listen to our podcast with Emily, usually we finish with a song because she was like a baller <laughs> singer and musician in college. And if we tried to do that on Zoom, it would suck so bad that people would um, go Stop into the it. funk that we're talking about. So we... It would cause I thought more about weariness. like I thought about getting my guitar out and trying something, and I just uh, I stopped. Too much of a curse you, COVID. Down. Curse you. Well, you are a joy, and I always feel better after talking to you. Yeah. Although I know you're you're you work with kids, you help these two parents at least. So yeah, we're you. lucky to have you, and you're free. And. <laughs> Um, just, hey guys, just get a podcast <laughs> and then Emily will talk to you. And then I'm just kidding. don't tell her that so we're not happy even to yeah. join you. Thank you for continuing to do this work at this time because I will say that we are all living in our homes without all of our parent friends. Um, and the, some of my biggest lifelines have been Zoom calls with girlfriends, or I even have one going with college friends. Um, just to look forward to it. And, you know, parents really need to be paying attention to their own mental health right now because we got to make it through for our families and for our kids. <sighs> Amen. And I'm like, Oh God, oh, that's right. We have to make it through too. Um, right. Okay. Thank and you. And every, and yeah. almost everyone I know is doing telehealth. So there's definitely opportunity to get therapy if you need it. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, if you're noticing these sort of, if, maybe it's what is the point I know and then I'm gonna let you go but what is the point in which people a parent should reach out to get telehealth maybe a therapy appointment for their kid yeah if you're seeing behavioral changes um, especially with physiological changes like um, diet and sleep and lethargy and things like that but kids also will exhibit irritability and annoyance so changes like that kind of in personality is, is a red flag that there's some mood instability going on and you don't have to have a diagnostic level of depression to benefit from talking to somebody. So 
you know, if you're seeing any of these concerns with kids, check in with your pediatrician. They usually have a list of people to go to, but also you can Google search in your area. Most just some explanation on how we practice in America is that most everyone is licensed by state. So the telehealth laws bind us to only doing telehealth within our state. Okay. Um, so there, there's there's a few exceptions, but it can get a little tricky. So still try to look for someone in your own state, even though it's going to be over telehealth. Okay, good. Good to know. Thank you. I can't wait to see you in person and give you a big old hug and give you some of my germs. And so oh, I can't wait. Yeah, yeah that's going to get all awkward. But thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.